Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Friday, December 23rd. Tis the season when we look ahead to the new year and reflect on the past 12 months. This time out, a look back at the year in City Hall. We speak with Mayor Jyoti Gondek on her views on the biggest issues that face Calgary in 2022 and her thoughts on her first full year in office. The holidays may just be the perfect time to check out a flick. Brett McGarry of the Couch Potatoes joins us to share the latest offerings, both in theaters and streaming, including the latest from Brad Pitt. Brett also reveals his favorite Christmas movie of all time, which might just surprise you. Every week this year, Mayor Jyoti Gondek has joined us to discuss issues impacting Calgary and Calgarians. This morning, we are joined by Mayor Gondek to look back at her first year in office and ahead to 2023. Good morning to you, Madam Mayor. Good morning, Andy and Sue. How are you? Good, good. Thank you for taking the time with us. Uh, let's take a look back. Looking back at your first full year in office, what are, what are you most proud of? I would have to say that the amount of collaboration we've been able to do with um, some of our partner organizations to deliver some really big services to Calgarians. I would say that um, our partnership with 20 plus organizations that respond to people in crisis, that's been something that uh, has created the mobile crisis response unit that not only looks after the person that is in the situation, but also looks after the community around them. Uh, We've been able to deploy more officers and ambassadors on Calgary Transit to ensure that everyone's safety is a priority. And we've been working with uh, the organizations that serve people in housing crisis to see what we can do to make sure that they are able to rest somewhere at night, get a meal, and find a way out of the vulnerability that they find themselves in. So it's those types of collaborations that really demonstrate um, our city cares about its people. Do you think the rest of the province, the country, do you think they see Calgary as a, a city that is as world-class as we believe it is, those who live here? Do you think we're a bit misunderstood or do you think people are recognizing now how great the city of Calgary is? I think that's a really interesting question and I'll tell you what we've been trying to do. Whenever we get a call from a journalist who wants to know something about our downtown revitalization or how could we possibly have been listed, you know, the third most livable city? My question is always, have you ever been here? Mm-hmm. And I'm shocked at the number of times they say, no, I've never been to Calgary. So we invite them out, we show them around, and their entire worldview changes. And I also think that we've done a good job of getting incredibly diverse voices out into the world to talk about why we love this city and why this should be a place you visit and live. And I think it's that exchange of different stories that really demonstrates why we are the third most diverse city in the nation. We know, as you mentioned, revitalizing downtown a top priority. Are are we starting to see life returning to the core as normal as uh, pre-pandemic? And how does the city plan on tackling the issue and making it more vibrant in the core? We have made a commitment to downtown revitalization um, almost two years ago. And it was um, a plan that came to us which had input from the private sector, it had impact from business organizations, it was informed by our administration. And when we approved those dollars, roughly about a quarter of a billion um, in investment in downtown, it was uh, activating places uh, with arts and culture. It was an investment in arts commons. We saw a significant amount of money being dedicated to uh, conversions from office to residential. 
And that's really paid off. I mean, we saw 777,000 square feet being converted from office space to residential units to the tune of more than 700 new homes that will be downtown. And that was about a $50 million investment we made in the incentive program, and it generated a match of $100 million from the private sector. So there's many things that we're trying to do to get people to come back downtown, to live down here, and make downtown a complete community. What does the city's new transit strategy focus on now? And what do you think we need to look a little bit more forward to? I mean, this is transit has been something that we have been looking at for years and years in the city. And we seems like we take a step forward and two steps back. But how, how do you feel moving forward on that issue? You know, public transit really took a beating during the pandemic. As ridership went down, um, it became incredibly difficult to pay for those operating costs for transit. Now that we're seeing people engaging um, with transit once again, we are trying to figure out how we can keep them there. So we made a couple of important moves as a council where we froze transit fares at last year's level. Uh, We made sure that kids who are 12 and under can ride for free. So the investments are being made, but I I think the other important thing to look at is frequency of service. Um, For me, it's about predictability of what the route should look like. So really using transit on demand to figure out what people's uh, transit habits are and then deliver routes based on that. So I think there's a little bit of innovation that's needed to make sure the transit network is strong. The Green Line project, where are we there? Can you give us a bit of an update? Yeah, the Green Line is moving forward. We uh, have gone to request for proposal that's being reviewed. So it continues to move forward. It is a project that is um, beloved by many Calgarians who really need that north-south transit spine. And there's many businesses in the city who know that it's going to be very good for the economy as well. So we continue to move forward. Have we sorted out that part about going over the river and what that looks like or getting past the river, whatever that looks like? Yeah, back in 2020, when we had some pretty um, solid conversations around the design, it is, in fact, going over the river, and that is later stages of the Green Line. So um, we will get to that in time. Okay. Now, uh, what about connecting to the the LRT to the airport? So I was very pleased to see the mandate letter to the Provincial Minister of Transportation indicating that uh, there is a desire to connect downtown to the airport and we during our budget deliberations embedded um, a motion that said we will partner on the funding that's needed to deliver the blue line one station north and then over to the west to the airport that would link uh, YYC directly into our blue line and uh, give people the ability to come straight downtown so we'll see what our provincial partners are able to do with us in conversation with Mayor Jyoti Gondek Mayor, how do you view the city's relationship with the provincial government and how do you think we can foster a good uh, working relationship with this major partner with our city? Well, we've seen a lot of change over time with the provincial government and, um, you know, we were a little bit concerned about who our minister Minister of Municipal Affairs would be and I'm actually quite pleased with how engaged Minister Schultz has been with municipalities. She has a willingness to listen and offer her perspectives on the many things that we need to do together. So that's been incredibly positive. Um, I've had meetings with several ministers to talk about the mental health and addictions work that we are together moving forward on. We've talked about housing. We've talked about uh, transportation. So the dialogue is definitely there.
Again, that Mayor Jyoti Gondek, Calgary's mayor. We will be back and do another little segment with the mayor. A long conversation we had talking about Calgary and uh, all that's been achieved through 2022. So we'll be back for the second half of our year-end conversation with Mayor Gondek. Talking with Mayor Jyoti Gondek, and we review the year 2022. You recently went to the Big City Mayor's Caucus. You were able to talk with Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. What was your big message to the Prime Minister, and how positive do you feel about Ottawa and the relationship with our city and our province? So we had the ability to sit with the Prime Minister for about an hour as Big City Mayors, and everyone had different questions that they were posing. The overwhelming response from uh, the Prime Minister was that his desire was to ensure that all three orders of government, together with First Nations and Métis leaders, are working together to deliver quality service for the citizens that we commonly serve. So that was good to hear. Um, My question was quite specific around how do we ensure that enough representatives from the federal government are coming to Calgary to understand what we're doing on the energy transformation front and how our commitment to uh, greening the economy and the way that we do things in our city is also appreciated for the leadership that our energy sector has demonstrated in moving towards net zero. And uh, the Prime Minister's commitment was to come out here as much as he could and have his ministers come out as well to understand why Calgary is important. Mayor, what do the uh, citizens need to know about the four-year budget plan? And specifically, I think that, uh, you know, homeowners will want to know about uh, the, the end of bill, the taxes, and what we might be paying moving ahead. So what can you give us a nugget as far as wrapping that up for 2022? When it came to the budget, we were able to stay within the parameters of ensuring that any increase to the budget was only adjusting to inflation and population growth. What it meant, however, was that there were several critical services and uh, partner organizations who were not going to see the type of money they needed to deliver uh, quality of service to Calgarians. So we were able to find some reserve funds and some positive variances to reinvest in things like transit, to reinvest in our partners that are serving vulnerable populations. Um, And with that, we also agreed to take a closer look at uh, the three years following to make sure we embed the types of services and investments that we need for homeowners. It meant that their uh, residential property taxes would be going up based on inflation and uh, population growth, but we were able to adjust the mill rate down. That is the percentage by which you pay taxes. That came down because the assessed value of properties went up. So this is the problem we have as a city. The only certainty and predictability of funding we have is property tax. And when your home is worth more, you end up paying more, although we did bring that rate down for people. Mayor, um, this is one that's controversial. It always gets people talking. We'll discuss the cultural and entertainment district now. How does that sound? Which, of course, includes the new arena. Are you optimistic? What does this look like, the the full plan moving forward? Do you think it's going to to come to fruition? In January of this past year, we saw a unanimous decision of council to carry on with talks uh, about the event centre. And over this past year, we've seen partners come back to the table. We have now engaged with CAA ICON as our consultant to give us the best possible advice on what this project could and should look like. And so I remain incredibly optimistic that we will have 
some sort of an event center in the future. And I'm happy that we have all of council on board with this. Mayor, you made the trip to L.A. this year, and it wasn't to get catch some rays and check out Hollywood stars, <laughs> uh, but to sell Alberta's TV and film industry. How much growth has this sector seen, and are we going to be? Are we able to be a top destination for filmmakers? Yeah, we are absolutely able to be a destination for film and TV, and I can tell you that any of the productions that have been here have had glowing reviews of Calgary, not only in terms of... Uh, the city of Calgary having a film-friendly policy and the ability to do great things on the streets of our city, but also the fact that we have some pretty talented crews and we have the equipment that's needed. We have the infrastructure that film and TV are looking for. And I would say the highlight for me was being able to go um, out to sites like CL Ranches and John Scott and Albertina Farms and see the passion that those folks have for the land that is used in film and TV. Their big message to me was, we wish to conserve these lands. We think they are beautiful. And when we can invite film and TV to uh, to come here, we can preserve these lands. So it was a great message. It's well-received down in L.A. And I'm looking forward to um, possibly some announcements coming out of the six leads that we've had so far. Fantastic. Let's continue the conversation then about building relationships uh, with our Indigenous community. How can the city and how can council continue to do that and, in fact, better those relationships? It's really important to make sure that uh, First Nations and Métis leaders um, know that we are interested in building those leader-to-leader, council-to-council relationships. And we have started off on pretty good footing in that regard. Um, It was a pleasure to be part of Métis Week in Calgary. Um, It was also very compelling for council as a team to go out to Siksika Nation. Uh, We were given a tour of Old Sun College, which used to be a residential school. And the heaviness and the weight of the things, the atrocities that happened there, to be able to visit a nation that said, we can get past this and turn this facility into something good, it was amazing to see the resilience and the belief from that community that things could and should get better. And I'm proud to be a partner in driving that relationship forward. All the best uh, for the holidays and Happy New Year to you, Madam Mayor. Thank you. Happy New Year to everyone. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Everyone who's celebrating something this year, I hope you have a safe and wonderful time. Thank you. That is Calgary Mayor Jyoti Gondek. On the Friday before Christmas, we need to check in with Ho Ho Ho, Brett McGarry, the host of the Ho Ho Host of the Couch Potatoes, and find out what we need to watch this weekend and into the holidays. And of course, we'll talk about some Christmas stuff too. Good morning to you, Brett. How are you? Hi there. I'm doing great. How are you? Excellent. Well, thank you. Let's begin with what's new and this one I've been waiting for. It's the biopic about Whitney Houston. That's right. We got lots of new stuff this weekend. It's always a busy time at the theaters for Christmas, and that movie, indeed, it stars a relative unknown actor named Naomi Rucky, playing the late great Whitney Houston in "I Want to Dance with Somebody." A uh, common criticism of you: your music isn't black enough. Look, I don't know how to sing black, and I don't know how to sing white either. I know how to sing. Woo! Not getting the best reviews, but uh, I suspect that's not going to hold anybody back mm-hmm. from going to see this. If you want to see it, then, uh, then for sure you're going to go see it. Next up, we got a movie starring Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, Gene Smart, 
and Tobey Maguire. What? It's set in an era of excessive ambition and decadence in early Hollywood. It's called Babylon. When I first moved to L.A., you know what the signs on all the doors said? No actors or dogs allowed. I changed that. I always wanted to be part of something bigger. I made it on my terms, not theirs. So great cast in this. It looks pretty cool, but uh, the reviews are not great either. It sounds like it's kind of uh, kind of exhausting. Like it's just it, it it's overwhelming almost. In uh, the it's like a bombardment. Uh, so I don't know. I, I like Brad Pitt. I like mm-hmm. Margot Robbie. Mm-hmm. Might be worth checking out. Uh, but this one's getting terrific reviews. It's a, a cartoon. Voiced by Antonio Banderas, first appeared as the voice of this character in Shrek 2 back in 2004. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. I am known by many names. Stabby Tabby, El Macho Gato, The Leche Whisperer. I am Puss in Boots. Holy frijoles. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> just that, that 15 second clip makes me want to see that one. That's all you need, and, yep. Uh, this next one looks uh, quite serious. It's called The Whale. It stars Brendan Fraser as an English professor. He suffers from severe obesity, and he just wants to make things right with his daughter, and he got nominated for a Golden Globe. His performance is said to be the best of his career. I need to know that I have done one thing right with my life. So the movie's not getting the best reviews, but the performance is being lauded Mm. as just terrific. And then uh, just a reminder here, we talked about this a month ago. Mm. It came out in theaters for just one week. Now it's on Netflix. It's the sequel to the whodunit film, Knives Out. Daniel Craig returns as Detective Benoit Blanc in Glass Onion. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a murder, and the killer is in plain sight. For at least one person, this is not a game. So uh, that might be something to watch uh, maybe on Boxing Day. I don't know. Or or I I might just watch it tomorrow night after uh, Christmas Eve dinner with my family. So So many choices, Brett. But uh, we'd be remiss. It is Christmas weekend, the big holiday. Everybody has their favorite Christmas movie. Let's go around the Christmas roundtable. Are you fine if we start with Sue for favorite Christmas movie, Brett? Yep. All right. Well, that's very kind of you. Okay, uh, mine is Elf. Hands down, Will Ferrell. Boy, you didn't Elf. hesitate no, at all. I love. I watch it every year, and I think it's hilarious when he drinks that whole two liters of pop and then burps. Every kid loves that. Come on. Yeah, I can't believe that movie came out in two thousand three already. Did it really? What? Coming up. Thanks on for 20th? making me feel old right before Christmas. Right. Yeah, You're welcome. Oh, man. I'll go next, and we'll leave it to the expert to finish up there, Sue. But I really like Scrooged with Bill Murray. And that's from the 80s because it's a different take on uh, Charles Dickens. And he is crusty. He's the king of crusty, Bill Murray. It is funny. And I just remember, like, the other one was it, 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 the old, old one seemed so slow moving. But Scrooged, I find it like a laugh a minute. And it's a different take. But it still has that same feeling to it. Yeah, there have been so many great adaptations of A Christmas Carol. I just watched uh, um, The Muppet Christmas Carol <laughs> a couple a of days too. ago for the first time. You know, like That movie's 30 years old. I had, I'd never seen it, but uh, Michael Caine plays Scrooge, and he plays it dead straight. Yeah. So contrasted by The Muppets, it just it, it works so well. That's funny. Uh, so yeah, that but Scrooge is terrific. Yeah, I haven't seen that one in a while. Uh, but for me, this is my favorite. Now I have a machine gun. Oh. 
Die Hard. Uh, it's not yeah. Christmas until I see Hans Gruber <laughs> fall from the roof on Nakatomi Plaza. <laughs> awesome. Great picks, all of them. Lots new. Thank you so much, Brett. Have a wonderful Christmas, and we'll talk to you in 2023. All right. Merry Christmas to you as well. Merry Christmas. And that is Brett McGarry of The Couch Potatoes.